So my theory is that Mick Jagger and David Bowie figured out how to fertilize one egg, had um, a baby with Laurie Anderson, and, and that was Nick Albrook Nick is the Albrook. baby. <laughs> and they had the kid in uh, Australia and raised him. This is High Decibels. Live music recaps in New York City and beyond. How about that theme music? Gotta tell you, it's really something. I promise there's going to be a time where that's going to become my new normal. But it is not this day. It is not this day. Uh, I'm still completely enamored and in the honeymoon phase with it. And again, shout out to uh, Evan James Ryan, who... Uh, produced that song and he's in the show notes. Thank you so much again. The real MVP. Okay, moving on. Hey, you people. You're listening to High Decibels, an NYC-based live music podcast. We check out the artists we love at New York City venues and beyond and report back to you. I'm Marlia. And I'm James, and this song that you're listening to is Don't Look at the Sun or You'll Go Blind by Pond, who we saw on September 21st at Warsaw and who we'll be talking about today. If you'd like more, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and even look for us on Reddit at High Decibels Pod uh, for clips, picks, and more, and uh, maybe get some discussion in about uh, all of our different topics that we're talking about today. Uh, we'd lo- also love a rating and a follow on Spotify or um, Apple Music because we're on that now, which is really exciting. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. I, I don't use Apple, so I don't know these things. Yeah. So yeah, uh, feedback is always cool, including you know how do you feel about the fact that I'm not using a pop filter? I Ooh. I have tried it. I just tried it uh, now, and we had to start over because it was annoying as fuck. It's in the way. It's in my face. I can't see everything I need to because um this is very DIY. So if um my peas and sibilants and whatever annoy you. Uh, Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. It is what it is at this point. I just, I don't know. We're, we're trying some things, but I, I think that for now, that's, I need that out of my face to, to do what I need to do. Um, anyway, so yes, uh, James and I, after uh, attending a Brooklyn Flea record fair and finding some true gems, including, what did you find? Ra Ra Riot. I got a Ra Ra Riot uh, record and a Young Lean, which I was kind of shocked to find because he's like this weird underground rapper from sweden that one of my buddies is super into so i, I snagged that for him and i'm gonna send that to him as soon as i can uh as for myself i stumbled upon a, a true treasure called uh music to keep your husband happy oh it's good stuff which is a two vinyl set um one of which is stripping music the other which is belly dance and uh is supposed to come with an instructional manual as to how to do said dances mine did not i'm very disappointed i don't know i'm gonna have to wing it yeah um (laughs) you can see that album cover on our instagram it is a real record yeah this this is a thing that existed and she owns it now (laughs) haven't listened to it yet can't can't wait i think it's really gonna change my life um, all right, so then we headed over to Warsaw in Greenpoint. Um, this is like what appears to me to be like some sort of ex 
Polish Social Club or something. It is like if you look online, it is known as a Polish Citizen Social Club. Oh, like so it still is one. I would I guess. I mean, the only time I've ever been there is for a handful of shows, and I don't know if they do other things there. But I mean, they also have a pretty good lineup throughout the week. So have you actually had like the pierogies or kielbasa? Oh, I have. Yeah, yeah. This is a real treat of this place. If you go off to the side there for five bucks, you get uh, kielbasa and pierogies. It's pretty good too. No, 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 no. Cash only. Keep that in mind. Oh, yeah, that's important to know. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, uh, Warsaw, Greenpoint, um, Nassau G-Train, I yeah, think. Yeah, steps away from the Nassau G-Train, kind of like right on that border of Greenpoint, Williamsburg, uh, right north of the park, Berry Park, what is that called? Uh, Ma- uh, something Berry Park? Are you talking about the bar or are you talking well, about both. the park park? The park park. I didn't even know there was an actual park called Berry Park. I thought yeah. that was just a bar. Well, there's that bar nearby too, but whatever. Well, in any case, uh, you know, it appears to be sort of a dead zone. And that being said, it, it would be my understanding if you're coming from elsewhere and driving that parking should be OK. Although, I don't know. I think we saw the same man circle the block like three times mm-hmm. playing. Um, Bumping playing 90s some hip hop. <laughs> Bumping whatever 90s he, hip hop. Uh, yeah. Da, 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 da. Like. And then, like five minutes later, again, I mm. was like, "Is he just playing this on repeat?" Or, but um, I don't know. Who knows what was going on there? Um, anyway, so got inside. There's a few uh, aspects of uh, Warsaw that I appreciated. Number one, very well air conditioned. Number two, free water. Can I just talk here for a second? Every fucking venue should have free water. Period. This is a health thing. Yeah, I would say um, the a, a lot do, plenty do, but a lot of the ones that are really trying to ring you for money don't, and it is pretty fucked up because some could charge you like $8 for a bottle of water, which is not cool. Yeah, I listen, this isn't a proper concert venue per se. It's more of a club, but I saw a DJ specifically to see the DJ, so big enough to where someone would actually go to see him at Marquee, and they <clears throat> bent me over and had me pay $8 for a bottle of water. I, I was astounded yeah. that this is what you needed to do i was like i'm this close to just like filling this from with water from the sink right out of right principle. it's ridiculous um free water should be a given unfortunately it isn't always so thank you warsaw for you know championing doing, doing things you're supposed to do um i found the staff to be very friendly uh i i th- I did not have any problems there. Uh, check-in was like organized, this and that. Uh, this venue holds... Maybe 300. All right. I would say there's probably about 250 of us there. I think we we had that t- talk afterwards. We said about two, 250 people towards the end of it. Uh, yeah, so uh, drink prices are... I initially thought they were high, but James kind of pointed out that, you know, they're probably pretty average for Williamsburg, right. which I'm not... Even a little low, so. to be perfectly honest. So, you know, I'll go with that. And I will say this, too. I was surprised by how long I did not have to wait. Um, Do you want to talk about the uh, interior, the aesthetics of the actual? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It almost looks like a 30s ballroom kind of thing. Um, Just real old kind of big vaulted ceiling. Uh, Looks like there was a big light fixture that is now a disco ball. (laughs) Um, So it's just like a stage. I don't know. uh, It definitely just looks like. You know, like we mentioned before, like the Polish Community Gathering Center, the a- the area of that that sort of border of Greenpoint and Williamsburg is clearly a very Polish uh, ethnic area. 
you know, all of the shops around it have the Polish writing on that. The, the venue's called Warsaw. There's Polish restaurants everywhere. So there's definitely that community out there. And whether the venue is still used there, yeah. Whether it was the very ven- dance hall, right, guys. It right. was this. Whether the venue is still used for all that, I don't know. But uh, now it's mostly used for concerts as far as I could tell. And, you know, it's, it's cool to see. It's definitely different from a lot of the other venues that you could be going to. Super yeah. old school, old fashioned. They only do stock tickets. Um, like I've never, I've been there three times now and it's always been a hard copy ticket or will call. Um, there really was no searching or pat down or anything like that. No. Um, honestly, the security didn't even like get up for like people were standing in the front row ripping vapes and they didn't give a shit. The only time I ever saw the security guard get up to, to like call somebody out is if they pulled out their phone, to take a video and their light were on. Which is ridiculous. Like, why would you even do that? Yeah. I, well, I don't know if maybe the, the Sometimes it kids just weren't paying attention to it because it is a dick move. You know what I mean? I'm not going to just say that they were, just did it because they were, you know, being malicious. But, but you know, like, I mean, okay, I've had those moments where I've accidentally taken a photo and my flash went off. Of course, it was sure. like this very low key. It was uh, upstate. Oh, yeah. wineries. <laughs> of course, it's like the most one of the most embarrassing um, places where that could happen because it was so intimate. And of course, my friend just shoots me this dirty look. I'm like, I didn't know. Mm. Like, I shut it off as soon as I saw it. But you see it when it happens. And these people, it was like they had it on and they they yeah, just they took it full it on. on videos. I too. was like, are you literally kidding me? Turn it off. And it happened like two or three times. I don't think it was the same person. But you think if you keep seeing it, maybe you would check on your own phone. But, you know, maybe. Do That's better. just us. If you know your light is on, turn it off. Right. Stop. Stop filming. Because um, it's distracting to the artists. Um, okay. So, yeah, this was my first time at Warsaw, which I can't even really tell you why. Because it seems to me, looking at their schedule uh, going forward, um, that they have a, a lot of, uh, you know, very great, not, you know, not... Um, hugely, hugely known, but you know, solid fan base types of uh, mm. artists. Um, one that I'm really interested in is is Crystal Method, which is I think in three weeks. So mm. uh, there may be a show on that, an episode on that. So because uh, that, that that's um um that is a duo, I believe they're a duo that I'm a huge fan of. Um, so yeah, uh, really cool venue, and uh, going into the crowd, um. I found them to be very, there was a little bit of pushing, mm. but not, not a ton. Mm. Um, young crowd. For sure. Mostly under 35, it would seem. I didn't see anybody. I saw uh, two parents and their kid that must have been like 12 too. So, you know, that kid's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Oh yeah, I did Throw see that one out. little yeah. kid. I did see one little kid. Um, but I didn't see anybody, you know, in the sort of like 50, 60 crowd or, you, you know, um, so yeah, this definitely attracts a young fan base, and I can't say really that that's because of the music. I think they're not as well known because when I went to Tame Impala, there were definitely older people there. Sure. So I think it's not. I think this this uh, music would actually be appealing to uh, an older crowd if they mm. knew about it. Is my opinion. Well, part of it is Warsaw. It's really not expensive to go to. It's twenty twenty five dollars is all I've ever spent on tickets there. So, you know, that probably tracks a lot of people that don't have a ton of money but still want to see a good concert. Right. You know, um, I, I it seemed like most of the people there were there specifically for the band, but I'm sure there were at least a handful that were just like, yeah, fuck it, twenty five bucks to see a show. Sure, let me go do that. Right. Yeah, the concert tickets are reasonable there. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Like, I I, f- I feel like you really uh, could do quite well in just taking a look at the schedule 
at Warsaw. Certainly check out the artist Spotify ahead of time. And if you like it, go. These For are sure. really reasonably priced, and I appreciate that. And you can buy tickets at the door. You don't have to get them beforehand or will call, something like that. It's pretty convenient. Right. So highly recommend it. So, yeah. So we met some people in the crowd. Uh, let's see. Who do we have here? We had Charles. We have Moz. And we have Carter. Shout out to all of you. Mm. Super nice guys. I think we forced uh, our Instagram onto their phone. So <laughs> We forced our Instagram onto their phone, but it's kind of like sometimes you just kind of have to lead a horse to water. Sure. We're very confident that they will drink from that water, yeah. that water being High Decibels Podcast on Spotify and Apple yeah. Podcasts and SoundCloud. Um, yeah, so nice people etc etc uh okay so then this other thing kind of came up that i started to pay attention to that i never had before which was really what i guess you would call the venue music like what's going on beforehand um the reason that uh this is something that sort of came to my attention was uh on the uh two-door cinema club subreddit where we posted about an episode we did there there's a user uh i don't really know how to say this i want to say Aron. Um, who might be listening? Hello, if you are. Shout out. Uh, who mentioned something, you know, made some points about um, the venue music playing uh, at that show. That was not something that I really uh, put my placed my attention on in the past, mainly because before the show starts, I mean, you know, not every time, but a lot of times I know I'm going to talk about it later on this. And so... You know, I'm getting organized. I'm chatting to people. I'm getting to know fans. I'm um, making sure that my camera's not fucked. I'm getting, getting a, a drink. drink. I'm going yeah. to the bathroom so that I don't have to go in the middle of the show and miss anything. But I think that uh, this user made a really good point to us about how, even if it's on a subconscious level, that the music that the house is playing uh, before the show starts really does kind of set a tone and can set the energy and that sort of thing. So, you know, I, I this time um, kind of gave that some uh, some consideration. And I would say like what I was hearing was a lot of 60s garage Absolutely. rock, which made sense because this is a band that we would consider both of these bands psychedelic rock or I guess because it's more modern like neo psychedelia mm -hmm. and um, highly highly influenced by those 60s garage right bands, that's so. where it kind of all started so it was you know I don't know if this was intentional by whoever was running sound but it was almost as if like and this is these are the influences it, it went beyond like this is music to get people hype it was like these are kind of like the early influences for this type of music so I was like oh that makes sense um but I will say there was a time later on before the, the main act went on where it, the music kind of dipped into pretty chill music, which I was like, is anyone paying attention? Because this is making us sleepy. It was like the longest sound check mm -hmm. in the world, too. So, so yeah, it really can um, set the energy. But I will say at least the music that had come on um, before our opener, which was the Muckers, um, that, that to me was spot on in getting things going. And yeah, then we sure. had the Muckers. Yeah, um, I have a song very playing impressed right now. By them. Don't know what song this is. Sorry, but it's what they opened with. Yep, Muckers are uh, brand new. They only have a three-song EP out on Spotify right now. That came out fall of last year. Um, they are based here in Brooklyn. Main uh, driving force is what's this guy's name? Emir Mos Moseni. I probably totally butchered that, but uh, he's from Tehran, Iran. Was uh, moved out to Brooklyn in 2017, linked up with their other members of the band, and they basically created the Muckers here. Um, 
honestly, so I wish I, I tried to dig back and find the original posting on Warsaw's website for this show because I read that for the muckers, the little blurb that they had about them at the bottom. And I don't know who the fuck wrote that because it like it painted a picture of this band as totally different from what they are. Really? I really wish I could find it again because it said something along the lines of which isn't totally wrong, but it didn't didn't really paint the proper picture. It said something along the lines of like the muckers blend folk rockabilly um, like country like Americana uh, and modernize it. That it was basically what it said. And I'm, I've read through that, and I'm like, this doesn't make a lot of sense no, for in front of Pond, but we'll see what happens. And we get up there, and yeah, personally, I could hear a folk rockabilly Not Americana. Americana. I, I could hear a little bit of Americana. that and influence in there, but they take that, mash it together, rock and roll the shit out of it, and then, put a, and then do a bunch of acid while playing it. Like, that's really the kind of band. They are uh, a, more of a psychedelic band. They take those influences, and uh, like I said go very rock and roll with it and then they psychedelic it up and like that blurb for them was totally off it didn't set me up properly because i absolutely loved that that act right there i thought it was a killer set i was super impressed by it it's really interesting really different uh, a good modern blend on some uh, on a classic sound because they were clearly that 60s garage uh, rock influence was was clearly clearly there they all are definitely fans of that genre of music and they took it and blended it together to make their own with a bunch of other influences um, th- that, well, I'm sorry, with a bunch of other influences is what I'm getting. I'm stumbling over my own tongue. Even some disco in there. We keep bringing up disco. Right. I kind of wanted to run through the, the whole, I mean, those sounds like sort of like an overall general impression. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to run through the through the Well, the obviously. Set. From top to bottom. So like before, you know, like address these points as we go through the set. We don't have a set list to go off of um, because there is not not one um, online. But um, let me take this to the top in terms of my own impressions. Um, Number one. All of these band members have very soft curls that you want to run your fingers through. They have incredible hair. They're all very foxy. I noticed this before they even played a single note. Um, So you'll be happy to see that. Um, they started out with this really driving bre- beat that I don't know. This is what I call it. I call it the freight train beat because that's what it reminds me of. It's like, you know. Yeah, it's a good and way to. Like, it's good way to start off any set. It's, it's it really basically gets anybody going like the beat quick. that you hear whenever you hear like a rockabilly song. It's like, you know, it's that. Mm. Um with that uh, uh, syncopation. And uh, I was really feeling that. I wasn't sure, is this like, is this going in a rockabilly a direction? Because that I too uh, had read that blurb. Um, but it was just really straight up rock. Um, this is an example of an appropriate opener for a, a main act. 100%. A, a hands down. We've had instances where we found that there was a mismatch. You can listen to prior episodes of ours. Uh, perfect example being Tame and Paul. I think that's episode number nine. Anyway. Uh, okay. So I was a bit thrown off because, um, well, actually James was like, oh, the, uh, the lead singer slash guitarist looks like Yonatan Gat. Yeah. And if anybody doesn't know who Yonatan Gat is, you should look him up. Uh, that's somebody (laughs) that I really would like people to start learning about, but actually pull up a picture of him, pull up a picture of this guy. Kind of makes sense. Yonatan Gat is from Israel. This guy is from uh, Tehran, you know, sort of same general area so uh, of the world. So it would make sense that there's a resemblance, but it's like a striking resemblance for me. Well, what was funny was like I looked at him and I was like, 
no, no, he looks like, and I was like, he looks like one of my brothers <coughs> who is um, Sicilian. But anyway, um, but then I was like, oh, right, and my brother looks like Yonatan Gat. I was like, and then I looked to the left, and then it got really weird because I look at the bassist, and I was like, that looks like my other brother. And I showed James a picture, and he's like, yeah, you could see it. That's really weird. Mm. So I was like, two of my brothers represent. I can't. I don't know. Listen, I was on something. Mm. Just, nah, I was just high. Going down the rabbit hole with that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, that that was that, <laughs> it was. It's it. Come on, it is odd to see go to a go to a show and see two two band members that look like two of your siblings. It, it was it was a little. It was just like a, a funny little thing. Sometimes like this is not an important detail. It's just kind of a thing that gave me a gave me a bit of a laugh mm-hmm. uh it gets crazier later but we'll get there um anyway uh low speaking of the bassist uh low-key solid bass here i believe again i don't know the names of the songs unfortunately but i did take did i yes i did uh i'm that club is going to be playing underneath right now of an example of one of these tight bass lines his bassist I really enjoyed. He wasn't really like a standout. By that I don't mean he wasn't good. I mean he wasn't featured. Mm. He was just low key hanging out in the background. But if you tuned your ears into it, be like, oh wow, this yeah. guy is like yeah, it's a really, really good riff solid. there. Huh? Yeah, really good bass lines. Um, he was standing right in front of me, so um, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, anyway, uh, then they went into a. A ballad. It was like the third or fourth song. Now that mm. is the one thing I didn't like very much. Honestly, it was like it didn't work for me. Uh, I just, I just, this doesn't strike me as a ballad group. I didn't know what to make of the ballad. Yeah. But th- thankfully, they seem to keep that pretty short. At um, least that part of it. The, right. They're definitely one of those sort of long. And Pond is the same way, where their songs are a little on the longer side. Psychedelic rock kind of uh, lends itself to that. So uh, I felt like that part was the part of beginning of a song. You know what I mean? And they split oh. it off into a more rock stuff because yeah. they didn't pause afterwards. It went right into something else. You remember this else. moment then, right? You I remember do. that bat? And I was like, this yeah. is kind of... I feel like that was like a, the elongated intro kind of thing to another one. Yeah. Well, you know, I could have done without it. Um, but anyway, so from there, it was funny. Uh, James and I had a few moments like this where we were thinking the same thing at the same time. And I remember typing, yes, I do keep these little notes or else I'll forget everything. But I was putting in this little note about like, wow, this sounds like this echoey disco rock thing. It's like, this reminds me of the rapture. And I write it down. And he's like, this sounds like the rapture. And I, I think my like, exact words were like, this could have been off a rapture album and I would have believed you. And actually, the uh, the front man sounds like Vito Roccafronte, Forte, however the fuck you pronounce that name. He sounds like him, too. He's got a similar voice to it. But yeah, that, that second to last one that they pulled off could have been off a rapture album, I swear. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of um, a lot of these sort of thoughts came to mind. I was trying to think of this one band that they were kind of. um, Yes, I found it. Remember when I was trying to say I was trying to think of the the voice the the sound that they remind me of they remind me of the Yardbirds. Oh, okay. There you go. That's right. So it was like they reminded me of this sort of like because there was this sort of driving drum beat which was really the only rockabilly thing about mm-hmm. it but there was more of an edge so i would say psychobilly we're going to say psychobilly uh psychotic yardbirds um but not, when i say psychotic i don't mean like these people are out of control or anything what i mean is that there was a complexity and mm-hmm. like weirdness that would come out here and there that was not you know 
uh, perfectly streamlined, just like little like ha, and like just like weird little things like that, mm-hmm. you know, like you know, like what's his toes from Pink Floyd used to do. Oh yeah, you know, um, just stuff that's a little bit off the rails, but definitely the tr- it did not go off. The train did not go off the rails, but it was just like little things were maybe flying out of the train. Right, right, right. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? The train's rattling pretty hard. Yeah, the train was rattling, but the train was on the tracks. But yeah, it, it definitely had like a Yardbirds feel, which again, if you don't know, is like one of the earliest bands to experiment um with psychedelic sounds Mm -hmm. so yes um this wasn't i wouldn't say that this was um so overtly psychedelic uh all the time i would say it was more of like a dash of it on the top if you please you know like now and then you would hear those echoey reverby sounds Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing but it was like um pretty subtle i'm not sure how uh mainstream this band would become because i'm not sure about the wide accessibility of their sound um but Listen, they could at least be as big as but an I indie band. Can, you know? I think they can do, yeah. But I think they can do well. And mm-hmm. I, and this again, I do not, I do not, I will never say every band should be accessible and every band should be a pop band. No, make I the just, music that you want to make. Right. I I firmly believe in that. If it's quality, uh, that's what I care about. But I guess I always talk about accessibility because I am thinking about how we're talking to a wide audience and who would like this and who wouldn't. And I would say that if you are a fan of that sort of uh, disco rock, if you're a fan of the verby sound that you might find in like the Beach Boys, if you like uh, the Yardbirds, like this kind of music, if you like like 60s garage rock, psychedelic rock, that kind of thing, and you also like... Um, you know, more psychedelic sounds that you find now. Uh, and like I said, that sort of disco-y sound that we're finding a lot. This band is for you. You will like it. For sure. Uh, what did I have here? A tab of acid washed down with a bottle of old granddad. Yeah, I mean, I think that that would kind of explain right. it. You know, yeah. it's like there's a little bit of psychedelics, but really like um, the heart of it is uh, is just solid, driving, um, fuzzy rock. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, a for really sure. Fun life. In fact, their set was so short. Was it even a half an hour? Uh, it was a little over half an hour. It was. Yeah. Yeah, I would have loved to have heard more. I understand. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't know how much of the crowd there already knew them. I can't imagine a whole lot because, like I mentioned before, they've only got three songs out on their Spotify with like yeah. twelve thousand listens, something like that. You know, clearly they they're just getting their footing here. But the crowd was like, when they were done, everybody around us was like really into it. it was like, yeah, that was sick. We, we you know, we really kind of got us ready for the band to come, uh, you know, pond Ab- afterwards. The, yeah, this was absolutely the perfect band um, to open for them um, because they really did get us in, 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 a, in a good place. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, right now I, I, I hope I have playing underneath me one of a uh, few of the uh, guitar solos that, again, got me really amped. Um, yeah, and then there was at the end of it, like we were saying, this sort of um, extended jam. Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely want to be playing that right now. This sort of extended jam that was like, again, very raptures, and it just kind of went on and on and on, and I didn't want it to stop. Yeah, for sure, you know for sure. I mean? These guys this are dancey yeah. kind of beat underneath with a, a real rock and roll yeah. over the I mean, top of it. It's this great. Is, yeah, this is uh-huh. kind of maybe just kind of interested as to the direction they end up taking because honestly they they could like um push the disco side of Mm -hmm. it and do very well for themselves because that is a very popular uh accessible song to accessible sound to the to the mainstream public um but i suspect that they'll want to keep that sort of garage band um element 
as I well. I hope they do. And I hope that they do. Um, so honestly, yeah. go more Rapture because you know there's no really nobody else like the Rapture out there, and I fucking love them, and I wish there were more music yeah. like that. But the Rapture doesn't really have that like grungy garage rock sound yeah it's more it's more of a dance rock more like you know what i mean there's just not a lot you know that kind of marries my two favorite fucking genres out there so So we'll just see like if these if uh they can you know get themselves front and center kind of experimenting with get themselves into it uniting these two sounds oh clever (laughs) Uh uh-huh clever um i don't know how you do it (laughs) all right uh so yeah that is the muckers um Okay. Highly recommend on that real quick before we go. That's the first. that um, They struck me as the best opener that I've seen ever since probably The Living Strange or this other band called The Dig, which I really, really love that I discovered yeah. as an opener. So uh, I'm going to be championing these guys for a long time. So they finished out and then James went off to the bathroom and to get a drink or something and the venue played like that song, I'm So Glad, which is a Who song? Yes. A Who song? Uh, which was like, yeah, that's good. So, you know, the music started out pretty good and and then it uh started to drop and it was like i was saying earlier the probably maybe the guinness book of world records record for a mic check it was really not that bad it was like 35 minutes it felt so (laughs) it felt so long and it was one guy doing everything and he had to you know make his list and check it twice i was like oh god yeah it could have been me it could have been me um anyway so but eventually pond came out and okay what what did i decide to use for this one <clears throat> what song is going to be playing underneath i'm going to go with tasmania i was about to say yeah, yeah that's the one you gotta go with all right we're gonna go with tasmania um all right so yeah that's um the uh song off of the new album which is also called tasmania did i get that right 2018 yes. tasmania mm-hmm. okay um Okay, so, you know, what with the sort of energy low with the extended mic check and sleepy time music, um, this is just like a, this is what I had put down, a joyful, eclectic bunch. They came out with a ton of energy. Oh, yeah. They're just so into it. And I was like, I feel that this is going to be a very good time. And I was very much right. Um, okay, so uh, do you want to get into like this uh, Pond and a little bit about that band? So Pond uh, is an Australian psychedelic rock band. They're closely linked to Tame Impala, who we discussed uh, a couple episodes ago. Uh, Tame Impala has, uh, Kevin Parker has produced, I, I, I don't know if it's all of their music, but uh, you know, most of it. And to top it off, they used to basically be his backing band. Uh, they would tour together, Pond would open, and then they'd more or less stay on and uh, play with Kevin Parker. So I had had a chance to see him, to see them a couple years ago doing that, and the first time that I ever got to see Tim Apollo, which was cool. Um, and it was great to actually be able to come back and see them again, uh, headlining their own show. Um, there's sort of a we say psychedelic rock. Let's, I, I the better way to put it is psychedelic hard rock. They are a lot harder than a Tame Impala. Um, I'd even say they're a bit harder than the Muckers that came on before. So you're gonna get some uh, more distorted, grungier, harder hitting um, rock and roll going along with some a lot of echoes and some quality psychedelic sounds. There they layered everything properly. They're a very tight, um, well put together band on top of it all. 
Now, because I uh, was aware of the affiliation with Tame Impala, I um, was working with some assumptions in terms of what the sound would be like. And I was not quite right. I was right in a way, mm-hmm. like later on in the set. But mm-hmm. in the beginning, I did not know what to make of the music at first. It sounded to me like musical theater, like a rock musical, like Hedwig and the Angry yeah. Inch, yeah, yeah. which this impression was, was probably reinforced by the lead singer's face glitter. I was like, this sounds very Hedwig. Uh, where is this going? So anyway, so then he starts playing guitar and then I'm getting very much, and I'm not crazy because this is one of the um, descriptors used on their music, glam rock. There was a definitely a Big gl- time. glam rock element to it, especially in the way that he plays guitar uh, and um, presents himself. I'm sorry, I need the name of that lead singer. Nick again. Albrook, I was yeah, about to say. Nick, yeah, Nick Albrook. Yeah, we're going to throw this out. Nick Albrook's got some serious Mick Jagger vibes going for him. Right, uh, so I that's- I think I tweeted out, if Mick Jagger weren't somehow fucking still alive, we'd be saying Nick Albrook is the reincarnation of Mick Jagger. Cause I- yeah, man, that charisma on stage is just uh, something that he has in droves. But the sort of mannerisms, the way he holds himself, you know, that sort of like throw his hand on his hip, yeah. throw his hip out, put his feet together. I'm just oh, looking yeah, at him totally. like you watched a lot of Mick Jagger growing up and said, I want to be like that, but some- which is great, honestly. But sometimes he sounds like Bowie. Yeah, sounds like Bowie. Yeah. So my theory is that Mick Jagger and David Bowie figured out how to fertilize one egg, had um, a baby with Laurie Anderson, and And that was Nick Albrook is the baby. (laughs) And they had the kid in uh, Australia and raised him. If you don't know who Laurie Anderson is, just Google her and Google Nick Albrook, and you'll understand what I'm saying here. Just, just imagine a composite of those three people this man is uh may very well be the product i don't know that's my latest conspiracy theater what what do you think i don't know tweet us tweet yeah (laughs) at high decibels pod yeah is Uh, nick albrook the love child of both nick jagger david bowie and uh laurie anderson yeah we don't know yeah um but anyway um so I'd like to throw out just real quick the other band members. There's been a yeah, bit of a rotating so. cast in, but the Nick Albrook, uh, Jay Gumby Watson on guitars, keys, bass, Shiny Joe Ryan vocals, guitars, bass, uh, Jamie Terry, uh, keys, bass, guitar. They all play tons of instruments. Um, those have been those four have been around since 2008, since the beginning of the band. James Ireland on drums. Uh, is uh, the newest member outside of that they've had a handful kevin parker actually played drums for them between 2009 and 2011 and will occasionally come in and uh play every now and then but he's no longer like an official member of the band uh but they've also had like a handful of other members more or less come and go with it but those uh four to start off were are sort of the mainstays in the 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 core of this band right um so which one was the synth player primarily that's what he did you know who i'm talking about I want to say Jamie Terry. Okay, so you know, then it got really weird because, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, I have a third brother. <laughs> Jamie Terry looks like who him. is represented. I mean, I'm telling you, I should put up pictures of this like on the Instagram, and you can judge for yourself. But it's pr- it was pretty fucking weird to see to have three siblings and all have them like visually represent. I don't know. There's something in there, but my brain can't. <laughs> um. Anyway, it's not connected so, to the ether right now. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, just a funny, funny little observation. Okay, so going through the set list, like uh, we had started out thirty point. I don't know if I'm saying this right. Zero 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 megatons. 
Um, maybe that's supposed to say 30,000. Yeah, that's, that's how I've always said a, it. A comma, not a period. Uh, and in any event, um, that was a song that came off as very... Um, uh, glam rocky to me then we had um a couple other songs sweep me off my feet fire in the water then we got to zen automaton and that's when i really did get like a hard like bowie vibe for sure um in that and when i say bowie i am referring to uh like the izzy stardust mm-hmm. incarnation mm-hmm. because i know bowie is like all over the place but i i very much felt that and um when when i say that when i say this this thing sounded like that thing it certainly does not mean that that artist is not original in their way because absolutely right he's uh very original oh and i also saw some like influence of um it's like i i wouldn't be surprised if this band was somewhat um, influenced by psychedelic furs. Yeah, oh yeah, I could see that. Although Nick, uh, I'm saying it wrong again, Nick Allwood. Albrook. Nick Allbrook definitely has his shit together more than uh, Richard Burton. But anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, when we say something like that, that they sound like somebody, we never want it to come across that we're comparing or contrasting yeah, it's or anything. More, it's more to help uh, people who are listening to this right. get a sense of what we saw, to give them a point of reference right. or something. But I want to make it very clear that it doesn't mean that those things were identical. I'm saying that you could see elements of that. Of their influences. In this person. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, but certainly, um, Nick Albrook is... Uh, He's an original guy. He and he and really, he's so charismatic and he's so with the audience. Um, oh, he also plays flute. That's fun. That was neat. Yeah. Yeah, he did that. I think he did started that on Zen Auto, Automaton. Mm. Um, I'm not um, entirely positive. Um, and, and again, you could see the influences of um, Ian. What's his name? Fleetwood or um, what's that band? Why am I totally drawing a blank? I don't know. Jethro Tull. The guy oh. from Jethro Tull, and which obviously is the obvious comparison because, you know, the Jethro Tull's the band with the guy that plays the flute. But it was the but, way the flute was played. Yeah, it's exactly. It's sort of mannerisms up there while he's, while he's playing along. So you could tell this guy has, you know, observed some of his, his heroes and said, I'm going to take some of your elements and Make bring that my into own. my own act. You know right. what I mean? Which is pretty cool. Um, the song, well, one of my favorite songs, which, you know, was just straight up very dancey and fun. And again, with that disco um, dance disco rock type of vibe was don't look at the sun or you'll go blind which we opened with that one mm-hmm. today right yeah I really like that one a lot so um, so then that one came on uh, okay so then we had um, you know if anything strikes you here any of these particular songs please feel free to say but uh, let's see we had hand mouth dancer burnt out star um, Paint Me Silver stood out for me. Great song, yep. God, that song is beautiful, you guys. Um, Actually, these a, next three I think down. we should really talk about. We'll yeah. start with Paint Me Silver. But Was this around the time that he like just stopped the, the show and just started talking to us and calling us the Windy Apple? Yeah, they were, he was having some fun with <laughs> that. Um, I don't know if I want to see because I don't know if this is good, just listen, his mannerisms. Is, I'm not going to lie. He seemed pretty hammered up there. Not that that bothers me because the guy's, you know, doing the rock star thing. At the end of the he day, he seemed pretty together, fucked up. Like, Windy City. Yeah. He's like, maybe I just confused the Chicago. Well, I, that was the joke. He started, it was like, hey, we're here in the Windy City and the, and the, uh, the big 
Wind, like the big, the big windy and yeah. like basically just like mixing up the the windy apple stuff like that like he was just kind of making fun of the nicknames of the cities between chicago and and new york i got a kick out of it, it didn't really look like the crowd like really understood and then what he, was he was like getting oh, at. And brian cranston yeah I was like he's like i know all the words yeah or whatever and i was like what's going on there bud <laughs> brian cranston i don't know maybe brian cranston lives in i have no idea not a clue I have no idea. I would think Brian Cranston would be a little more linked to Albuquerque these days, but right, yeah. <laughs> it was so confusing. But I was charmed because I was like, "Oh, I do that sometimes." Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, uh, listen, uh, paint me silver. You know, it's funny. I listened to the recording of that, and it came off to be very like passion bit to me. I didn't pick up on it, in which the is line not version. a problem to me at all. But it was like it was very lovely, and again, you feel. How do I say, and, and and this was a similar quality in David Bowie, where you feel, how do you say, addressed, taken care of, like you're being sung to? to yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, that the person mm -hmm. isn't just up there doing a monologue, talking to themselves, or singing to themselves, but um, I felt like he... Um, that Nick was reaching out to us specifically in that song. And I think that might have been the song where he actually got right off of the stage and right into, right into the, the crowd. crowd. Oh, yeah. I think. I think that's when that happened. Um, yeah, he's just very one of those uh, front men that's very connected to uh, the crowd. And that is a gift, and it's not one that every front man has, nope. and it, not every front man needs to do it. But you know what? It's a great way to get your audience engaged, you know, and make For them sure. feel like a part of things. Absolutely. I mean, when you're in the crowd itself, you're there. We're literally a proud of thing, a part of things. So, um, very cool. So then there was, uh, okay, this song really stood out for me. This one is called uh, Alone, a Flame, a Flower. One word. Yes. This song is off of the album Hobo Rocket, which he made a funny joke. He's like, I don't even know how I came up with that. Yeah, they were just like, we don't even really remember like recording this, and we really don't remember how we came up with that name, which is a pretty funny line there. And what was particularly cool about this is this is off their 2014 album, and they said that, you know, uh, I can't really verify if it's true, but apparently Setless FM apparently agrees with it because it says in little notes right underneath it. This is the first time they've ever actually played it since uh, recording it in May 2014. Yeah. And you know what? It's kind of neat that we got to see that. I can understand maybe why they don't play it because it really, if you like, if you like, you know, things that go with other things, this song really doesn't fit with any yeah. of their songs at all. This song has a straight up doom metal yeah. sound to it. I was Almost like, we need that. the Lucky 13 girls here yeah. for this one. Lucky 13, now, by the way, is a metal bar in our neighborhood. It sort of felt uh, like on, on each book ended by it because, you know, the intro and then the outro were very droney. You know yeah. what I mean? Droney yeah, on top yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, you know, there there is a sense of psychedelia with, with very droney oh, music. Oh, absolutely. For There's sure. definitely a link. So, so it's clearly within their wheelhouse there. And they had these this sort of droney intro. And like I mentioned before, um, we, uh, they, they lean towards longer form songs. You know, a lot of their songs are between five and eight minutes, give or take. Which, you know, is something that uh, psychedelic rock sort of lends itself to. Um, and so they sort of took advantage of that style of the format. Where they had this longer droney intro 
more of an active um, middle section to it and a longer droney outro with the song. It was really cool. It was a ton of fun to see live. And it's always exciting to, you know, be the ones that at least they claim this is the first time we've played it. You like, know we I got mean? to see it. And yeah. this is a very different side of this band. Um, and it stands out from anything else if you don't like that particular sound this won't this song probably wouldn't work for you but i would say at least appreciate the fact that this band has a level of range where they could incorporate something like that into a set uh in such a way like james said the song wasn't straight up doom uh all the way through but you know you heard it bookending for sure uh, the song and uh I don't know. It was just kind of a fun surprise. I, who knows why they decided to do it last night? Sure, yeah. Um, but we're not we're but, not mad about but it. But yeah, but uh, yeah, that 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 was a really cool moment. So I enjoyed that one and got got my head bang in a bit. That was the one time my head bangs was like during that track. Uh, so then they like did a complete flip and they went into Tasmania, uh, which. Uh, it's off their latest album, also called Tasmania. Right, 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 right. And uh, I believe I opened this uh, section of... Um, you sure did. Right, okay. Um, so uh, so this was the first song that sounded like what I thought Pond was going to sound like the whole time, which is, uh, again, this is a new song, um, but light, you know, echoey, that, that tame Impala type sound this mm-hmm. is where that dropped in and that's where my high kicked in and everything lined up perfectly nice um and they stayed on that uh on that train with daisy which was another song in a similar style uh i loved that and uh then we had a song called the weather which after a few remarks about the climate change protests happening in New York City yesterday, which was mostly greeted with cheers, a few boos, I'm not sure why, I'm not sure why, you know, mixed crowd, the march would be a problem. It's just, you know, we live here and we'd like to stay here. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, so a few brief remarks about that and then went into that song, The Weather. I liked that one okay. Mm-hmm. I liked that one okay. That's well, pretty good to close the set out on. Yeah, I'll yeah, say that. yeah. Yep, yep. So, uh, you know, um, no, of course, you know, a little bit of a break there while the, the audience cheered. And yeah, the formality of an, an encore. waiting for an encore. Right. So, yeah, that encore formality. And then they went into uh, Giant Tortoise immediately into Eye Pattern Blindness. What Do you know what album this is off of? I don't recall. Okay. Um, I'm going to look that up right yeah. now. Um, I don't see. I don't know. Well, it must be newer. Because it came out last year. I can okay. tell you that much. All right. So it's off the, wow. must be off the latest the, one. Those, yeah. Yeah, those songs slap for sure. Yeah, and he's just so into it. Like, you know what I'm saying? The guy is sweating. Like, just I mean, listen, they all really work hard. They all do. Um, don't get me wrong. 
but I can just only imagine like how exhausting it had to be like jumping out into the crowd, coming back in, going all over the stage, mm-hmm. picking up the flute, getting back down on Moving the ground the whole to like time. mess with his pedals, mm-hmm. you know, and then he has the guitar. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, I don't know who else up there is working that hard, except maybe the drummer because drumming is exhausting. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was funny when the drummer came out in this like white blazer. I was like, oh, that's, that's going to last mm-hmm. like a song. Didn't even. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to last. Nice try. Um, now I understand why like so many of those like metal um, uh, drummers just gave up on shirts entirely why wouldn't you I I get it I get it Uh, so and in any event uh, went into this encore oh 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 giant tortoise by the way is uh, I'm glad I write these things down because it's hard for me to like remember each and every moment Um, It is a it's it is straight up psychedelic. Oh, yeah. No question. Oh, no yeah. question. That is definitely, definitely what you're hearing. It is not subtle. Yeah. Um, you can mix that in with a Pink Floyd song. Yeah. And you, wouldn't you, be, you, yeah. you wouldn't be miss a, skip a beat with that, you know, just just by the by virtue of the guitar riff, the reverb, etc. I'm kind of sad that I didn't get audio of this uh, of this particular song. This happens where I am so in the moment and I'm so taken in. Sometimes I miss mm. recording a moment because I'm too far in it. I mean, and sometimes I feel like, ah, gee, that, gee whiz, that makes me not much of a podcast host, does it? But you have to keep in mind here, I'm still an audience member right. here at the, you know, first and foremost. We still want to be fans. And I still need to report on the emotional experience, right? And mm. if it had that strong of an effect on me to where I didn't even think to record it because I was so taken in by what was going on, um, maybe there's just a little bit of value in that, I feel like I hear something playing right now, like music-wise. Is that me? Huh. Okay. Me. Could have sworn I did. I'm going nuts. Um. Anyway, but yeah. So I I was so wrapped up in the experience itself, um, that I lost sight of the fact that oh right, I'm recapping this. I'm supposed to be doing audio and that sort of thing. So, but I don't really feel bad about it. You know, we got I mean, others. There's a, there's a balance. Do you know what I'm saying? Like again, I'm not my role is not like a photographer's where I'm right up front and then I'm just doing that the whole time. And I don't think that that would be good anyway. No. I think it's good. I, I try to kind of go back and forth with um, being um, fully invested and in turning sort of my intellect off and then going back and recording things when I can. But I can just tell you, um, just look this up on Spotify, Giant Tortoise. It, it's, it's fucking great. Um, okay, so, but my uh my um whatever left side of my brain ultimately did kick in and thankfully i got uh an an audio clip of the final track that they played which was um man it feels like space again what a song that song is so epic Mm -hmm. it's cinematic Mm -hmm. it's like i felt like I was in a movie. An absolutely killer guitar riff too. Just killer riff. It's oh, it reminded me of I can't I can't remember, but it just grabbed me and um 
I mean, specifically the guitar, the guitar riff, but the song overall, again, had very much like a Ziggy Stardust feel. For sure. And I was like, I didn't get to live during that time. I wasn't alive during that time. This feels like the next best thing oh, to yeah. sort of feel that. So, uh, yeah, tremendous amount of energy um, from from this band uh, all around. And, um, you know, special thanks to, to Nick Albrook for making this feel like we were part of things for sure yeah really great uh really great show uh, mm-hmm. to summarize it uh the I, I also have to say a lot of really passionate fans there were people that got there early that were extremely excited that they were getting to see pond and also the aussies travel well i want to throw that out the aussies travel well because there was a lot of australians in that crowd that were very very excited to see one of their bands playing in new york city so kudos shout out to any aussies that were there uh, good for you guys for supporting uh, one of your, you know, local or uh, can't even say local one of your bands. You know what I mean? Really, yeah. really good look at that. Yeah. So overall, uh, yeah, if you're into a, a psychedelic rock exper- experience where you get a little bit of that Tame Impala feel, but you also get like a, a roughier, grungier, fuzzier, more classic 60s um, psychedelic sound. Uh, if you if you're interested in you know those those two uh, elements united, this is a band for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not on psychedelics during this particular show. Uh, I would highly recommend doing so. Maybe mushrooms, um, or at least do them and pop a couple of their albums on. Right. I mean that would that would be the right call. So yeah. All in all, I had a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we're 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 gonna close this out now with uh, with uh, what did I say? I thought we said yeah. Let's do uh, "Man It Feels Like Space" again. Okay, to close it out guys, you're, sure. gonna, you're gonna hear that playing underneath yeah. right now. But before that, uh, please subscribe, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and even look for us on Reddit. We're gonna start posting these on some subreddits to hopefully get a little bit of interaction there. We had one user post uh, some comments and get some questions, and you know we were able to address that on the podcast. So if you guys can do that uh give us a little bit of feedback give us some of your thoughts some things that you might want us to talk about please do because we'd love to get some interaction with uh, anybody out there we're not trying to show a uh, patreon or anything we really just want people to listen not to yet. us. <laughs> not yet yeah we really just want people to listen to us so at high decibels pod also find us on instagram or i'm sorry twitter jesus i'm just rolling here also find us on spotify apple podcast and soundcloud as far as that twitter we always like to sort of pose a question um uh relating to our most recent episode and uh i propose um uh nick albrook love child of david bowie and mick jagger and laurie anderson what do you think how about that yeah, yeah. sure let's go with that one yeah we're gonna go with that one okay so again everybody uh who's tuned in and made it this far thank you again for listening to high decibels and we will talk to you later peace